Welcome to the Future Print Podcast, celebrating print technology and the people behind it. Welcome to the Future Print Podcast. Really interesting discussion ahead of us now. I have Charlotte Horovin, who is Regional Director for Make UK, who are a significant um, association, organisation, community for UK manufacturing. Um, we're going to have a really interesting chat around how manufacturing is changing, what the challenges are. But first off, I'd like to welcome you, Charlotte. Hi, Marcus. No, pleasure to be here and thank you for the invitation. Good stuff. Thank you. And you were very kind and helped us out and we've become sort of working together and collaborating a little um, at with Chris Corkin, who, who presented at our Future Print Tech event. Very good presentation, hence why the follow up here with you, Charlotte, because um, some interesting content. So as is always, um, a good place to start would be to sort of for you, if you don't mind telling us a bit about yourself, a little about Make UK um, and, and what it is you do. Yeah, very, very glad to do so. So uh, Make UK is the the body that represents and brings together manufacturers all across the country. So we've got manufacturers small and large making everything from uh, parts in the uh, aerospace supply chain through to automotive. So, you know, bits and bobs for planes and cars, pharmaceutical through to food. I've got people making undergarments, flapjacks, you name it. We've got a really amazing community of people who are making things uh, which get exported all around the world. So Make UK um, has been for nearly 130 years now a, a private organisation which is owned by its members. And our raison d'etre, our, our mission is to champion manufacturing and to see the sector grow. Mm-hmm. And that's in part support supporting businesses. I know you do a lot to connect businesses as well, don't you? And 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 you're very active in terms of supporting events and and members. Mm. Absolutely, do we've got our big ears open? So very much, it's about listening to the key people within our, our manufacturing community, being able to connect them to things either Make UK can help them with directly. So we do a huge amount in things like employment law, health, safety, sustainability, making sure that they're cyber resilient, training the next generation. That's a huge part of our, um, you know, offering out to the manufacturing sector. Um, and then also we rely on our external network. So it's really important that we're part of um, an ultimate manufacturing community so that we can connect our members to uh, local funding, our amazing universities, research organisations. But for me, one of the most powerful connections we make is member to member. So that ability for them to share best practice without fear of competition. But yes, also we want to see the strengthening of our local supply chains and we want to help people do business together. One of the impressions I thank you. One of the impressions I get of the UK manufacturing industry is that um, while we don't necessarily do big big manufacturing compared with, say, a country like Germany, although I guess we do bits of it, but that actually we're fantastic at very sort of advanced manufacturing and the manufacturing of components and so on. Is that is that chime with you know what you see with your membership or? So I hope today's listeners, if they take anything away from me today, it's that we are the ninth largest manufacturing nation in the world. So we absolutely do manufacture here in the UK. Um, the sector is employing about two and a half million people. Um, and on average, they're taking home salaries that are 12% higher than the, the wider economy. So we've really kind of got to get um, around these terrible myths that we don't make things and it's dull, dirty, dirty dangerous um, and not a well-paid sector. In oh. fact, the importance of the UK economy, you know, two thirds of business research and development comes from the manufacturing sector. 
Um, but over half of our UK exports come from manufacturing. So if we weren't making things, we wouldn't be bringing that true wealth back into the economy. So that's really important. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair play. And with that in mind, obviously, macro trends and geopolitics and all these different sort of factors that we've um, and the COVID, uh, COVID kind of um, crisis and everything else, what uh, uh, impacts um, all of us? What macro trends do you believe are currently driving both growth and challenge really for for UK manufacturing. Mm. So I think we've got a bit of a dichotomy at the moment. Um, we still have got positive um, orders coming in. So the kind of soundbite that I'm hearing from our business leaders is the order book is um, positive, but it is fragile. Um, mm. And actually, what we have got is perhaps a bit of an imbalance between the orders that are coming in and our ability then to produce um, the output. So what we're tending to see is that demand is there. But then it becomes very difficult to be able to recruit the people that we need uh, to be able to retain the existing workforce. We know yeah. that the the labour pool for the you know the whole world and all sectors has become far tighter. People want something different, perhaps from life after COVID. Yeah. Um, but also, then it's about getting hold of raw materials, commodities. We've all heard of you know semiconductor shortages, spiraling costs around metals and, and timber, etc. And if you can get those two things, as I say, the chances are they're probably more expensive than what they were. Mm-hmm. And it's also then quite difficult sometimes to move them around the world. Supply chains have been disrupted. We've still got lots of transport issues as well. So we've really got this kind of pressure now around. Uh, Labour shortages, being able to access talent, uh, inflation with energy being a key part of that, and also supply chain um, disruption still at play. They're the kind of big trends we're still seeing. And really underpinning that is then this kind of pricing war that has been relatively volatile. So we've seen prices really shooting up. And the ability for manufacturers to pass that down the supply chain quickly is really tricky to do. So in the short term, that means that margins have been hindered. Of course, the sector is working hard to be able to work with customers and across supply chains to rebalance that. But it's just been the pace of change has been so incredibly difficult to keep up with. Yeah, and it seems to be a virtually a weekly thing that um, things are changing with. Um Break and go back a few years and good old Brexit in 2016. Um, that seems to have been compounded more recently by massive political uncertainty in the UK. Is this just compounded an already fragile UK manufacturing sector? Are those factors really sort of quite damaging, or would you see that more as a temporary thing? I think we've got a very agile and very resilient manufacturing sector, more so since we've been through. Um, the pandemic and um, EU exit. If I reflect on some of the industrial action we saw at our ports during the summer, when I reached out to our members to sense what challenge they felt that this action would have on their business, I was quite pleased to see the responses coming back were, do you know what, we've planned for this, we've got, got option A, B and C, we hold more inventory these days. So I can see the lessons that have come through. Um, but certainly EU exit, you know, the EU is our biggest trading partner for um, good reason proximity it's close by culturally we're very aligned and this has been decades of a very complex close working supply chain that you can't just pick and pick overnight and mm. our members wouldn't want to do that we've got a really great supply chain and and relationship trading um between the the UK and uh, the EU what we did see in the first 6 months um 
after you know kind of leaving if I can call it that um was that only four percent of manufacturers didn't face any disruption so 96 percent of our members were saying hey this has impacted me in some shape or form which isn't you know it, it doesn't make you more productive it's not great for international relations so it's not something that's accelerated growth it certainly has brought those unproductive um challenges and problems that our manufacturers have had to um, think about how they work around yeah i i it's interesting to hear that i would have thought so but i just wonder whether any of your members actually supported brexit um because if i was a manufacturer i'd be pondering what the advantage might be but um with with that in mind really so you know let's be honest the tories haven't the conservative governments over the past sort of 10 to 12 years certainly when you compare how the government works in Germany and and how it supports manufacturing and has done probably since the war and that that has had a massive impact on on how you know well the, the German economy performs do you, do you have any sort of confidence that with the labor government things will will change for the better i think it's important to reflect on make uk's position so Um, We're part of one of the five big business representative organisations in the country. So that means we've got amazing access into the highest levels um, of government and, and, you know, a number of different political parties. And what that means is for us, we're politically neutral. We are invested in a long term manufacturing sector, making sure that every political party, every stakeholder is really aware of some of those stats I was citing earlier that we do absolutely manufacture here in the UK. This is the reason that it's important. Highly paid jobs business uh, research and development. So for us, this is about making sure that we can get all parties to respect and and support the sector. But I think the really key piece here, Marcus, is for the long term. Our members are really focused that the support needs to, you know, sidestep all political cycles where possible. And a long-term industrial strategy is necessary. Because if you're going to buy something like a galvanizing bath, you're thinking about 40, 50 years in the future, not four to five years. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair comment, and that's um, possibly one of the weaknesses of the UK system is that politics and long term don't really sort of work together. They're very short termist, really. Um, so, sort of shifting away from the UK slightly, what about the Ukraine war? Does this make for even bigger challenges? Has that has that been a, just an additional curveball that's been chucked in for Europe, and that um, you know it's it's made some of the issues worse, certainly with energy and manufacturers reporting that kind of as being a energy price increases being a problem of course for um you know the the human reasons uh, nobody wanted to to see this occur um this year or or in any year um but i think perma crisis is kind of the phrase that i hear particularly in the academic circles right now um that this is you know yet a another geopolitical event another point in time that is creating um challenge that we have to to kind of work around I think a bit like, you know, the blockage in the Suez Canal, COVID-19, EU exit, it's perhaps uncovered things that we didn't realise, you know, some of our food and drink supply chain and how important Ukraine has been there. Uh, the importance of certain um, speciality metals that, you know, come from Russia. Um, and ultimately, let's not forget the impact that this has had on the energy market. And of course, our manufacturing sector, whilst it's always driving to be efficient and reduce its energy usage, um, is reliant um, on energy to produce goods. So there's, you know, there's that human aspect, but there is, of course, the impact on supply chains and economies all around the world, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. And and that isn't UK only, is it? I mean, there are 
yeah, I mean, I mean the media isn't 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 always helpful, so it always tends to be that it's worse here than anywhere else. But um, I think that is a global problem um, with um, technology being and and certainly uh, you know maybe maybe I'm overly patriotic, but I think I I kind of think that we are very innovative in this country, and I do think we do lead the way, particularly with new things. New things we don't necessarily. Um, we have an innovative culture and so on. Um, with that in mind, I kept hearing throughout the COVID period that digitalization was growing. So manufacturers were starting to see actually this model of kind of transcontinental manufacturing, albeit that it um, has worked up to now and it has, you know, for obvious reasons, lower labor, lower cost of production and so on, um, that actually digitalization closer to home was was incredibly appealing i mean do you have any examples perhaps where a manufacturer has gained advantage through a digital manufacturing strategy because it's one of those things that something you hear about but don't necessarily see much in the way of kind of evidence yeah absolutely and i think what we saw was those that had invested in digital technology um really benefited during the pandemic and they definitely felt more resilient. I think we probably saw about nine in ten um believing that they benefited by already investing in that technology. Um and a further eight in ten during the pandemic said, you know what, we're going to invest further. Um, we've just produced one of our latest uh, thought leadership pieces around digitalization. And it's really interesting to see the trends. We've got a great uptake in um, some of those platforms, um, you know, especially around things like sales and marketing, which oh. are perhaps lower risk, lower cost, um, well understood. Um, but it, really interesting to see actually the growing areas, um, technology to support energy management and energy efficiency um, methods to be able to manage supply chains um, you know, more effectively. So you can see the problems that are coming through today. Actually, that is being met with how manufacturers are thinking about planning for the future. In terms of examples, we've got some super cool members um, embracing technology in all sorts of ways. We've got you know engineering manufacturers working with people like Innovate UK and um, really cool graduates who understand gaming technology and how can you use vision systems um, mm. and AI to be able to make sure that you've got you know top quality um, flowing out of your site. Um, but I think it's also really important to remember that this is individual um, and it's for each business to work out, you know, their own sort of bite-sized journey. I think it's very easy when we throw terms like industry four um, around, it can really overwhelm a, a business that's perhaps not yet as far down the journey. Yeah. And I guess in in, in a way that's yeah similar to sustainability in that you accept you're on a journey and it's going to take time and um, a cultural shift and a huge investment and a strategic one at that. Um, I mentioned sustainability. Is this a is this at all a defining factor in UK manufacturing? Because I'm hoping that the energy crisis is actually going to raise sustainability even further up. Did you see as well sustainability being more and more important during the COVID period and post post COVID as well? I've reflected that in the 10 years I've had the privilege of working for uh, Make UK and formerly uh, the EEF as it was, back in the day, the reports were very much focused on the price of energy. Um, and then actually in, in sort of the latter years, it's very much been about that resilience, about efficiency, um, and much more now into new business models and, and innovation. So I think really what we'd like to see is that manufacturing is seen as the solution and not the challenge. I think it's really easy if you're perhaps not so invested in the sector to see a factory with goods going in, goods going out and, you know, um, 
resources, you know, steam coming out of the top, let's say, it's really easy to think, do you know what, that's not great for sustainability. And rather, we've got to get that narrative right. Our manufacturers are innovating products to hopefully help decarbonize economies all around the world. So there's the innovation piece. Um, but quite rightly, of course, you, you point to that point about, you know, reducing energy consumption, making sure that we can where possible. And we are starting to see a handful of these examples, but see factories kind of going off grid as well, becoming totally um, self-sufficient, working in a, a circular economy model as well. So again, it's, you know, that evolution of business models and not just focused on more energy or, or less energy use. Yeah. And, and and I would think it's still early enough to gain some kind of competitive advantage by being perhaps more sustainable, having more credentials than than some of your competitors. Would that be would that be true, do you think? Yeah, I I think the UK is um leading the the charge in this. I think we're very forward thinking. Um, there's some great technology being developed here. I think the crux of it is, though, making sure that we can develop the supply chain then to produce those goods um, here in the UK. And we've, of course, got our brilliant high value manufacturing catapult network. So um, a, a number of research organisations backed by UK government that I'd, I'd encourage all of your listeners to Google and get involved with uh, the catapult centres, because that is you know, their role to kind of bridge this valley of death where we've got great ideas in the UK. Actually, how do we get that through? to you know commercializing it and, and producing it here yeah. in the UK what we have seen is that 66 percent of two-thirds of manufacturers um have taken action towards their net zero um strategy in the last 18 months from pretty much a standing start and you know moving forwards there's a great appetite I think nine out of ten plan to do something you know further in in the next 12 months so I think our manufacturers are absolutely embracing this and it's something that is quite collaborative I'd say down supply chains mm -hmm. so obviously then it sounds that the UK is quite a robust manufacturing industry and and that um all right we have challenges and so on but Obviously, the printing industry, the inkjet industry that we represent are a, a segment. Um, with all this uncertainty, what kind of advice do you give manufacturing members and manufacturing businesses? Or what kind of advice would you give them? Mm. I think um, whatever crisis has come and gone, whatever election, whatever geopolitical mm. event, what I've always noted is it, it always comes back to people and talent. Um, and actually investing in people, training and, you know, succession planning, aside from pay settlements, actually one of the most popular things our members seem to be doing right now to keep hold of their great people is identifying, you know, who are their future leaders, who are their, you know, future experts, future technical leaders, and making sure that they invest in them so that they've got that long-term future in the business, but also um, in the, the sector as a whole. So I think investing in people cannot be underestimated, but be curious, you know, engage with bodies like make uk make sure that um, they're engaging with your brilliant conferences going out and thinking about the future taking it back to the team and allowing you know enabling them to then plan for the future so i think we've just got to take that time to work on the business and not just in the business yeah that's something we're all guilty of isn't it being sort of siloed and not looking outside and that's one of the reasons we're really keen to work with you and that make uk is that to you know i guess gain some insight and inspiration from other industries because at the end of the day the technology might be slightly different but the end game is 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 exactly the same um if someone wanted to get involved with make uk or they were interested in connecting what do they need to do, do they need to look at your website fill out a form what kind of things 
so get in touch with us. It's really easy to get hold of Make UK. We've got an amazing social media presence. We've got, um, as all businesses and organisations should have, um, a very easy to access website. Um, but we're all people at the end of the day. So my door is always open for anyone that's got an interest in manufacturing, an interest uh, in Make UK. Um, our door is always open, you know, via social media or, or whatever means. Mm, yeah, I think it's. So, I mean, it's been interesting all of what you've said, but I think that. Um, talent uh, piece is, is, is got to be the number one most important thing for any sort of sustainable industry, isn't it? You've got you try and keep your talent and attract new. And like you say, COVID seems to have just kind of led to a lot of perhaps more experienced people leaving. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we've seen, I mean, the sector's got an average age of 52 and we've seen an increase in reduced hours and increase in retirements. Um, I've never dealt with so many kind of handovers, actually, of, of business leaders leaving um, quite unexpectedly, um, just because, you know, they're ready for retirement. It's been a tough couple of years and, and new people coming in. Um, but practically, I'm really proud that our membership, um, you know, for 130 years, our role has been to you know canvas the views of the 23,000 manufacturers that we engage with and the, the 70 trade associations, listen to those problems and then deploy efforts in either engaging government or practical support support and with skills being that big deep cutting thread actually our members have supported um, our own investment into a world-class training center so in Birmingham we spent probably over 20 million pounds now creating a world-class center that trains manufacturing engineering and um, specialist apprentices for companies all across the country and actually we're doing some international work now it's really attracting people all around the globe to either send their talent uh, to be trained but also um, you know governments to come and have a look at what we're doing as to how do we upskill um, our manufacturing sector globally so that's something that I would encourage all manufacturers to think about you know come and see the centre at Make UK but take some of that blueprint and that great idea and um, you know back to the ranch and do something with it practically yourselves. Mm-hmm. There's a massive community there you can learn from the ben- game benefit from isn't it so huge and like you say you just need to google Make UK it's makeuk.org. Correct yes yeah yep. Brilliant. Well, listeners, thanks so much for joining us, Charlotte. Really interesting stuff. Great work you're doing there. We hope to continue working with you and having you at our future future print tech event, maybe even at our eco print event, which is sustainability in the summer. We're dealing with that. So, um, yeah, um, thanks so much for joining us. No, thank you, Marcus. And it's already been great to get some of our really cool members getting involved in your activity with all the, you know, the printing technology that they're developing. So thank you for the invitation. Thanks a lot. Take care. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe now for more great audio content coming up. And visit futureprint.tech for the latest news, partner interviews, in-depth industry research, and to catch up on content from Future Print events. We'll see you next time on the Future Print Podcast.